Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Hi. Hello, everyone. I've missed you so. <laughs> I really have. I don't know why I don't do my good bad brain more often. I mean, I do. I guess that's the point of this whole project is trying to figure out why I do things, why any of us do things. Why do we avoid things that make us feel good? Why do we try not to do the things that we know we like to do make our lives better i don't know I maybe mean, not everybody has this problem maybe just the people that listen to this i don't know i like my good bad brain a lot and um i don't know i don't know why i avoid it, it scares me i guess i had this realization recently that i was having a pretty bad depressive episode and uh this is a fun episode, actually, the one you're going to listen to. It's just trying to have a little fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, astrology, uh, witchcraft, uh, tarot, specifically tarot and astrology. We're, we're, I'm just going to say this, and then I'll get back to my thing. The Half-Ass Witch is wonderful. Been a, a, a member of the Good Bad Brain community a long time. We've been meaning to do this one for a long time. You know, I love metaphor. I love story. I root myself in theater. And I like to use the shorthand uh, poetry of just language. So I'll th- say things like God and not feel like I have to explain that I don't mean some bearded thingy, Zeus, pseudo Zeus character in the sky. You know what I mean? Watch me jack off and probably jacking off as well. I, 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 uh, I, I can feel like I can say magic and I don't need to be like, I don't think science is real though. Y- you know what I mean? Um. So anyway... I really like this. I love tarot. I love astrology. I love coincidence. I just love all this stuff. And I like to let things be significant or have significance in my life. And so we have this fun conversation about using these tools for, um, I guess, for mental health reasons, benefits, you know, ways you might be able to have some fun with that. So I enjoy this episode a lot. You realize that it's just one of a million tools, at least I think. That exists, which is just there to create an object of self-reflection. You know what I mean? Like these themes, like astrology, I always thought is like every aspect of the zodio represents an aspect of oneself. And if you get into your chart, you have it everywhere. And all it's meant to do is get you to reflect on these themes. Am I being stubborn? Am I being indecisive? Am I being hard-headed? Am I being self-centered? Am I not being self-centered enough? Like these kinds of things you could find by like looking at these qualities. So they're just sort of like early versions of psychology maybe. You know what I mean? Or or maybe there was a time when people were even more advanced and they realized you didn't need the language of science to explain yourself. I saw this thing recently about um, art basically and how art is politics is stupid. It like fails because we're past the time of art shocking us and this sort of political action. It's like, a, I don't know the boat has sailed but instead of asking you know what can art uh, do for politics maybe we should just ask what can art do that politics can't 
And I had this conversation with a friend the other day who's uh, very pro-science. I mean, I'm also pro-science, but science-minded person and a psychologist. And we were having this long conversation, I guess, about like, if it works, then why do you need to... Like, why does it only seem applicable if it's through this one scientific lens of working? If you can find other tools of reflection and, and how like a lot of a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy is really just like Buddhist principles and stuff like that. And that maybe once upon a time, you know, we didn't need to, not everything needs to have like a specific functionality to work. And maybe some things like art being a person are better expressed in, in the realm of art, something abstract and such a huge container. And I think spirituality is very closely linked to that. And especially when you get into sort of occult spirituality, uh, spirituality accompanied by artifacts and and methods that are uh, of divining. I don't know. It just seems like it's abstract enough that it's like a poem. It's like It's like instead of just getting some doctor to sit you down and analyze from tests and whatever coldly what your stuff means what if someone could like feel it out and kind of like spit back a poem of shared dreams and archetypes that we all kind of recognize you know anyway that was a little bit <laughs> charity i guess but i just really enjoy astrology tarot so that's what this episode's about <sighs> there's this type of type of i mean aspect of is what i want to say this aspect of depression i don't think is talked about much I, i've talked a lot about different aspects of adhd that aren't talked about i put this adhd video out this past week because i think you know it's interesting that there's positive aspects to it as well you know but i wanted to talk about like this part of depression i feel like people don't talk about much is uh like when you're not having like the dysphoria when you're not having the like intense bad feelings but months or weeks or days go by and you just realize like you're in this invisible prison you might feel exhausted all the time, just like you want to sleep all the time. You're just too tired to do anything. I get that. I get that hard. And then this thing will happen where you just realize you're in this frozen state. You have these invisible walls around you and you can't do anything. And people will wonder why and they'll talk to you about it and, and they'll get mad at you about it and be like, why are you, why are you being lazy? Why aren't you living up to your potential? What, what are you doing with your life? You know? And, and you'll try to explain that, you know, nobody can see the handcuffs you feel like you're wearing. No, nobody can see the walls around you. No, nobody can see it. And you can't even point to it like an anxiety attack. Sometimes you can't point, you can't, you can barely feel it yourself. But something about it just holds you frozen. I mean, it's the kind of thing that like makes you feel like you might be just like an NPC in a simulation, you know, a non-player character. Like maybe you're just AI. And so there's some inner mechanism to limit you, to, to you know, govern your engine so that you can never like become an actual player character. Like you're here to be a background character. And so you have this like weird limiter in you I, and, and it just feels like you can't get out of it. I don't know. I don't think people talk about that. Some is a dysthymia, you know, to me that it's like you don't have this acute, harsh pain. You kind of like miss like 
Like you want to want stuff again, that kind of part of it. I don't know, it's that reared up for me kind of recently and I just have been paying attention to it more and it freaks me out. Life just freaks me out. I think it does for other people too. Which, it's like, you know, I have this like trigger. Like it's as soon as I say something that makes me feel vulnerable or something, I feel like I got to pedal it back and make it like, oh, it's okay, it's part of the show, it's for other people. I don't know, I just feel scared. Just feel fucking weird. Sometimes, often, I don't know. Anyway, my good bad brain is still here. And um, I got this idea a little while ago. And I just want to soft announce, I guess the week after next, I'm going to start this, um, I don't know, the Good Bad Brain, my favorite thing about it has been that it's created this community, you know, and I want to like lean into that more, uh, even if it's like this invisible community, but just something that makes things more interactive. And I, and I realize like there's not a lot of, mental health resources are really hard to get. We don't really have good education in school. I don't know. So I just wanted a way to like sort of like keep growing this conversation. And so I approached a friend who's a professional teaches psychology he's been on that the show his name's nick dr nick barr he's a traumatologist he's gonna start doing a live stream for good bad brain with us uh we're gonna start doing it on sundays we'll do it for like an hour on sundays i'm looking at like 10 a.m uh, uh pacific time right now is my plan we're gonna start it not this weekend but the one after the sunday um and uh i believe that'll be the 23rd or something like that 22nd uh, i'll get you the specific date but that's Sunday, and uh, it's gonna be a mixer. I'm gonna use mixer instead of Twitter. Mixer is like kind of a nicer uh, community. I think they're like a little more regulatory with their. I just want to try to make it as safe and cool spot to hang out and talk about the mental health stuff. You know, we'll talk about things going in the world of psychology and mental health and, and the news, new research stuff that Nickel present us with, and then we'll open up to you know questions. So if you have some stuff you'd like us to talk about, please email mygoodbadbrain at gmail.com. Put in the uh, thing live stream topic in the in the subject or something like that. And then hopefully we'll be able to do some interaction with chat as well and just have a professional uh, social worker, you know, who can talk about uh, some resources maybe or, or things like that, just ideas in psychology. And uh, then me, and we'll just do our normal thing. So anyway, that's going to start happening. And that's that's the, the shape I want to try a good bit brain in more in this new year. Um, that'll just turn into the podcast as well. And then, uh, you know, this is like a mini version, but uh, I'll, I'll start hitting y'all with brain breathers again. I think um, some people reached out a little bit here and there and felt validating, felt like. I think I have to put things in those terms because that invisible box I was talking about earlier, like really only way I've known to consistently like get out of it is when I have to show up for someone else. So I'm trying to make this a thing like y'all like a thing that I need to show up for. You know what I mean? I feel like it probably sound really sad right now and I don't mean to be. I'm definitely tired and I got to go to Chicago tomorrow. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about that. I've realized sort of quietly snuck up on me. So I'll probably do some brain breather thing at some point again soon. But um, in the meantime, uh, let's enjoy this lovely episode with the Half-Ass Witch. You can find her on Instagram at, uh, just like it sounds, uh, Half-Ass Witch. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, this is a fun one. All right. 
I don't mean to be, I don't mean this to sound like on a down note. I feel like I'm like killing the vibe. This is actually a fun episode and I'm just feeling reflective and a little anxious to go back home, you know, see fam I haven't seen in a while. My grandfather died last year and we're finally all meeting to spread his ashes. And I think it's a little heavy and it's creeping up on me. And then just tension and some stuff about facing, going home, you know, facing, facing the the line, the lineage uh, back the other way. Anyway, I wanted to kick this out real bad before I left town. So here I am kicking it out before I go do a uh, 5 a.m. wake up to fly, to fly away. <laughs> All right. Theme song. Let's continue. Okay. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, well, then let's kick that off. So let's start there. That first question you kind of started to answer. I've always been like, what's your stuff? So was you said you had a cocaine thing. Was that like, would would you call addiction part of your your stuff? Yeah, generally, like I would say that like I know for a fact as a person, I have a very addictive personality. Like when I get into something, I'm really in it. And then if it's not good for me, it kind of like dies out. And even sometimes when it is good for me, I'm like, eh. but, um, I'm like that with my relationship. Sometimes like I have a tendency to get into very codependent, um, or like obsessive yeah, relationships that is, and coming from like an astrology standpoint, um, and like a spooky, <laughs> I like to call it spooky woo woo. It pisses people in the community off yeah. and like have a like heart like about that. it. I like that. Like whatever. Wait, they um, have a what about it? They have a heart about it? Yeah, we'll have a heart about it because oh. I feel like some people are so like – that's why I started calling myself the half-ass witch because it's low effort, high impact. From what I, I like saw, that. there was a ton of people that were doing witchcraft stuff, putting it out as like content creation. But it was so like heavy and it was so – and yeah. I don't mean topic heavy. It was so like you've got to do it at 12 o'clock on this day and whatever. And it's like you can if you want, but also like do it at 4 p.m. the day before. It's okay. Like it's not Yeah, it's wild. so I, – I feel like being so precious about it. Is part of what's off-putting about it yes it's, it's like, so yeah it's very very off-putting it makes it extremely unapproachable also so, i really like what you said half-ass that's really fun to define half-ass as would you say low effort high impact yeah that's yeah good, well because man. i know some people look at it and they're like oh so you don't you like half-ass care and i'm like no 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 i care obviously like we're messing with things that could like ruin or like cause some form of like trauma or trouble in your life i don't i don't take that like half-assed but right. just like the effort you put towards it doesn't have to be so crazy because we're in the modern age things are generally more convenient i feel like craft and spirituality evolves with that and if yeah. it's convenient it doesn't mean that it's wrong well i really like also i, I think you know the the more like zenny way i guess they say it is like or, or in therapy my, my therapist one time told me like hold things lightly like try to just hold mm-hmm. things more lightly and yeah. i feel like it's like a more fun way to say that i also had this this lesson that i felt like stuck with me a lot from maybe to a, to a negative point which i guess i could talk about but like my first one of my first uh, martial arts instructors had a big impact on a lot of like philosophies in my life. I was like definitely looking for dad figures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he said this thing once where he was like, you should like cultivate an attitude of no big deal, like win no big deal, lose no big deal. And I feel like it's a similar thing. It's like, yeah, we're talking and he was talking about like interpersonal violence. It's like same thing. Like these things can impact things really severely, but like you can't be thinking about that all the time, especially if you're prone to anxiety and stuff like that. Cause you just get in your head about all of it. Yeah. I, I think and there's then something you just nice, sit so. around and you just like stew and marinate in that instead of being productive or, um, you know, focusing on like the good things in life. And yeah. it's so, it's weird. And it's a little like, 
I guess, redundant to say, think about the good things, look for the silver lining, but it really is about your perspective of like, if you generally are a happier person by thought or like purposeful thought too, it's not just like naturally happy, but if you purposely put in the energy to be a happier human being, your life becomes happier, not because things get better, but because you're seeing them not from like doom and gloom and trying to find, you know, pick holes in a generally just pretty stable, normal reality from mm. what I would say. And I think coming from that um, viewpoint of viewing things, being a stable, normal reality, it's just little things that happen to you. It's just like, eh. even for me, sometimes like big things that happen to me, I'm just, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, because I know I'm going to get through it. It's eventually you live, you learn, and that's how it is. So like going back to like my relationships, stuff like that I'll get into things that are kind of obsessive or that are addictive and then I forget that like strong stable reality thing I forget that like things aren't a big deal and then I'll start obsessing on them and so that's where my mental health really kind of kicks me in the ass because it happens with things that I care about and so coming from that woo woo perspective I know I can blame it on like astrology like my placements and stuff from my birth chart like I can say like oh like I've got a lot of Scorpio in my chart they're obsessive they're those like deep emotions and Mm -hmm. whatever I could do that But at the same time, it's also just like a human thing that I know that that's part of my programming. But uh, I mean, because of the industry that I work in in my job, I always reduce it down. Eventually, it all comes back to like the spiritual cosmic stuff. But we can ground that in human reality of saying like, okay, regardless of what my chart says, I still know I'm this type of a person. So wherever it is that I find the explanation for that, why don't we like fix that? (laughs) So I've been struggling with that. Well, not struggling, but that's been like a constant part of my life. So the the sort of addictive quality, the obsessive, that, that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been diagnosed with anything? Have you like sought out, you know, psychiatric or whatever? Um, I have. So when I was younger, I developed or not developed, but I, I was starting to show like very um, severe signs of like depression. Mm. Um, and so I have been diagnosed with like clinical depression and like How anxiety. Um, well, I went to the doctor cause my mom took me cause she was like, it was hard for her to deal with cause she is also kind of like that, but she has never been diagnosed. So yeah. that was kind of also weird coming from a family where it wasn't a thing, you know, like no one really thought about it. So it was actually probably like 14 or 15. I'm saying, I think personally that was a little late in the game, but the way I was raised, it's kind of like, well, you can see why it took so long, but yeah, it was, it was a little, uh, I mean, obviously looking back as an adult, it's like a little, older than I would have liked, but Mm. it also was not like my choice. I didn't have the words, the knowledge and tactics to articulate what I was feeling. I just knew I was like feeling shit. Yeah. What were you? um, How old are you now? I'm 25. I just turned 25 in December. Yes. You definitely have like some perspective on it at this point. Like, well, so, which is judgy as fuck, but I'm going to let it slide. Yeah, whatever. Um, The, um, so when you, what, prompted because i feel like some people are might be listening i don't know just had this thought like what were you exhibiting that led you to be like that led your your mom i guess to take you or that you thought maybe this is something i should go see somebody about like well, how is it manifesting? Was, um i wasn't like a i wouldn't say i was a problem child in terms of like the problem child that you typically think of that like sneaks out at night and like i don't know like steal shit and stuff like that but i was exhibiting signs of like rebellion that were very extreme um like okay. it, they were like super super extreme like i but i did like i ran away from home at one point because wow. i was super depressed and my family is a family of sleep it under the rug no one talks about it which mm. is really funny because i 
I am Asian and that's a very Asian thing to like not talk about your feelings, but I was adopted by a white family, but my white family was literally like a stereotypical Asian family. We were all about tradition. It was all about like, don't talk about your feelings, pro- yeah. like a strong front, be a doctor, that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, I well, find German that Jewish too. I mean, I have a lot of German family and I grew up in very Jewish community. There's like, there's plenty. It's like, it can go either way, really. Yeah. Like, it's, it's either or. Yeah. Especially German is in particular, I think is, uh, I mean, whatever heritage, who knows? Everybody can be every way. But I do yeah. think in German culture, there's an interesting like split, like either people, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the Nazis like colored the entire 20th century, rightfully so. But something I always think people forget is like prior to that, like that was also like Germany was like one of the most progressive nations. Mm -hmm. It's like where psychology was born, like beautiful art. There was like a lot of like genderqueer stuff going on in in culture there that was like way earlier than other places. And I do feel like it it can go either one of either either way, like either like very fash or very like leftist sort of. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like really about that like lens that you look at it through. And that's that. I mean, I guess we can say like the silver lining of that was just like advances in culture, but and and that well, yeah that prior to that more, I mean it got hammered yeah. down with the fascists and they fucked it, it up a very, lot they killed everybody yeah, that kind of went a different way than we yeah, all wanted awful, it to it obviously awful. but I think that part of that like part of the whole depression thing was why I I have very high highs and very low lows yeah. and so when I feel my highs it's like great but then my lows are like crawl in a dark corner speak to no human being for. Yeah three months or whatever and then come out with your hair dyed green and bangs but it's (laughs) yeah it's a whole mood but like so as a young kid you know you don't like my mom was seeing me really take things very very hard and I grew up in a very small agriculturally based like that's where the economy was Mm. and so it was like farmers um there was a lot of and I, I live very close to the border so basically um racially my town was just white people and Hispanic people and so I was like one of like two Asians mm. that I went to school with my entire life like that's not even just like in one school like that was my whole life and then it's kind of a strange thing because at first when I was younger, everyone was like weirded out by the fact that I was Asian or they were confused or whatever. There was a lot of questions. It was very awkward, but because where I live is so small, the way we grow up is you start school with people and you literally end school with the same people. Like you graduate with the same, like, I don't know, 400 people or whatever. So everybody kind of got used to me at some point. And then I started to forget that I was Asian because everybody else started to forget. Mm. So there's almost like, I have like this weird, when I was younger, I struggled really, really bad with identity because I had a strange like separation of, okay, I I tried really hard not to be Asian and then it worked almost like too well. (laughs) And then I was, I felt like I had to come back and get a little bit more sensitive because at some point I was very insensitive to like racial stuff and especially like where my environment too probably shaped a little bit of that. And then my family also is not the most like open-minded. So Mm. there was a lot of things that as I grew up, I bought into. And then when I became a little bit more spiritual, the spirituality that I wanted, because I came from like a church background, I, I got very like, I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I've betrayed everybody. (laughs) Like I felt awful. So that was kind of, um, that was what it was is I just didn't know what was going on. And so when the highs were there, I didn't know how to level myself out. I didn't know how to ground myself. And when the lows were there, I also didn't know how to do that either. So that kind of freaked my mom out a little bit. And so that's kind of what led her to um, taking me to go get diagnosed because 
those things are core issues and then they spiral out to other things like I stopped going to school Mm. I would like lie about my grades I started kind of I started drinking at a young age um and then it was just it just kind of like went downhill from there and it was just awful did you start messing with coke early too no, I didn't start doing that until I was, um, I would say like 20 yeah. and there are, because there's like wealthy people here. Um, I, and because it's also very small, it's kind of like a, you, you don't really, there was never a situation where they were separated from us. It was just culturally separated, yeah. but everybody totally was kind of together. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I knew some like pretty wealthy people. I still do. I mean, like, it's not that I don't know them anymore, but we started, yeah. I started hanging out with them. I had just come back from, uh, cause I went to the art Institute for a year uh, in, in San Diego. Oh, no, in San Diego. They have one in San Diego. Gotcha. So I went to that one. Um, and when I came back, I had done a lot of exploring. I, I like drank <laughs> like, cause when right. I was younger in high school, I drank, but like, I didn't really go to parties or whatever. I was kind of like lame. And so I came back from the art Institute. I was like, Oh, I'm like cool now. Like people want to hang out with me. And then I started hanging out with people who, we're also very cool, but also had a lot less to lose than I did. Mm. And they had a lot of access to like more things. So that's when I started doing it. And I knew yeah. the minute it was put in front of me, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a real problem. And, mm. um, the more I did it, it became like, it really, it was a real problem for a while there. It never like interfered with my life. It never like, I was never like selling things to get it or whatever. Like it was not, I was, I didn't want to say like I was doing it responsibly because obviously it's not a responsible thing to do. It's like being a quote unquote functional alcoholic. Yeah, that's what it is. It was very functional and I was like, oh, I could do this. But then bad things started happening in my life that were emotional. They weren't like bad things, but they were things that would shake me as a person. And I always realized that it was when I was in like a high wave of doing it and then I would stop for a while and then I would do it. Well, I would pause on that and just say... I've just, I mean, you know, I'm not therapist, but something a therapist said to me one time, I just would validate that, you know, but like those are real issues. Like that's real yeah. impact. That's like, I was just, I've been listening to the book, um, uh, the new night, the Michael Pollan psychedelics book. And he talks in this one part about like, you know, yes, you could say that these experiences that they have on psychedelics that he has when in his experiment, whatever, like are mm-hmm. just prompted by a drug or something like that. But that doesn't mean they're not real. Like it doesn't mean right. it and there are still effects. Him. Yeah. And psychologically speaking, I mean, like I think about, you know, I-, I always thought that definition of addiction, quote unquote, when it's like basically is like you choose it over the well-being in your life. Like it starts costing you and right. your loved ones, you know. I don't think that has to mean like, yeah, stealing the TV to to buy drugs. Like it can be like, how are you damaging relationships? How are you da- yeah. damaging yourself? And I and I think that can be much more insidious. The ways that we can invalidate the negative impacts of our stuff as like not a big deal or not real, all that does is like prevent you from working on it. You know? Yeah, because it, it really kind of um, devalues it. It makes it much, uh, it's almost, it, it creates kind of a lesser type of impact that it would have. And so for me, honestly, like I agree with you, I do think that sometimes the effects to personal relationships are worse because if you think about someone who might literally be at rock bottom and they like can't eat or whatever, as long as they have a community, like we see like literally homeless people, they're totally fine because at least they have people, you know what I mean? Like, so there's kind of that situation of when you have nothing, at least you have people. But if the nothing that you lost or whatever, if that nothing is people, you're kind of shit out of luck because that is, um, it's, I feel like emotional things make, physical impacts 
more than physical things make emotional impacts. Yeah. Like obviously physical things do make emotional impacts, but when it, when the seed starts from you, it's way worse because then you have to look at yourself and be like, I did that. And you have to say like, okay, you know, I'm that person that chose that. That was the behavior that I exhibited. That's probably like the vibration that I was on the level of evolution that I was tapping yeah. into. And then you feel, uh, kind of attacked by yourself because you've got to call yourself out but that is such a big part like that's i've been doing that my entire life so like that's kind of what happened with the coke thing i was kind of like okay this is me a hundred percent like what's the common denominator it's me i'm being garbage right now Mm -hmm. and i had to spirituality helped me with that like coming into this um and coming into my own was very um it kind of puts you at a, I don't want to say like higher level of thinking, but I mean, it does, but it brings everything into a broader spectrum and you see like the entire picture and you aren't just concerned with like that tunnel vision of what's my enjoyment or what is my lack of feeling. Cause for me, a lot of it was like distract. It was distractions. It was escapism. It wasn't like searching for the high. It wasn't like the thrill. It was, yeah. it was full escapism. And that's just now what I do in my practice in terms of like my brand and what I present to my clients and my specialty, like my form of work is all about just turning around when you're running away from something and just staring it head on and just fixing it at that point. Cause sooner or later it's going to catch you and yeah. you might as well just have less damage to clean up after that. Ugh, well, yeah, I fucking feel that. By the way, we're deep in question two for sure. Like, what have you tried? <laughs> so, oh, okay. So I would say at this point, I just say it for my own Legos. I'm like, no, we're doing the structure now. Um, so did you ever try any medications for depression? Did they like give you anything when you were younger? No. So I have a history in my adopted family of like drug abuse um, and specifically in pill form. Yeah. And so my mom... And my family was just so anti-meds and they were very, very religious. So it was kind of like, we'll pray for you. And I was just like, thanks guys. Um, like I probably need medication, but that, that it went for a long time. And now for what I do, I've actually kind of leveled out just having like a better, and I'm not saying that spirituality in any way is like a replacement for meds, but for me, I've kind of found a way to balance things. It's a lot of willpower and I'm sure it would be a lot less willpower, a lot less work if I was on medication, but I personally can't afford, um, the time it would take to like level all that shit out. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. I think, you know, this is a a tricky question. I don't know if there's like an official community stance and like the mental health people, but like, what's the right blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I really personally find that. I think there are so many ways to approach the issue. I think everybody's issues are different and the extremity of different things are different. So it's like, I don't know. I think some people you might start medication. It's going to be medication your whole life to help you out just because of like, you know, your your gauges and levels are a little different. Some people, I think you I mean, I've talked to a psychiatrist about this, that it's like sort of um, I think of it the way like if you wanted to learn how to do a pull up and you can't do a pull up, you you might use like a rubber band or something that helps you do the pull up. And then event and Mm -hmm. that's like the pill. And then eventually you don't need the rubber band like some people. It's like that. Uh, And some people I don't think I think the issue with it is like maybe it's just the way we communicate in our culture and like the way we take value is like we always think there's like uh, an equal and opposite meaning to what somebody says. So if you say like, I, I'm, I think I just am using willpower or something. Oh, that must mean you think of people who are taking pills. They're not using willpower. You know what I mean? Which I don't think you think. And I don't think it's true. I just think it's important for us to like keep an open mind about our treatments because 
I think there's a danger with if you're too deep down the path of like, this is me at least. I'm speaking personally and I just see it also. I do think it's possible that if I'm too down a path of like, I'm just fucking broken. I need this thing that's external from me, blah, 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 blah. And I get too mm-hmm. deep in that headspace. I think I start to like remove my agency to like improve in other ways. And right. you know what I mean? When we talk about mental health and and these sort of like a, a practice uh, around getting at something that's so ephemeral, it's like there just are so many mechanisms uh, at, at play that it's like, you know, we know that if you exercise, which is a behavioral choice, uh, is exactly. like we know that impacts things positively. So it's like it's not we, my behavioral choice. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying like, you know, if we acknowledge there are some things that are definitely true, this behavioral choice will affect your mental health. It's like you should never disallow the behavioral choices. Like how do you structure your thinking? How do you think about yourself? What are your narratives? Like, you know, these kinds of things are totally valid and might be enough for some people and some people might need some medication and you might need a mix of the of both of them. But anyway, both, I just, yeah. that's, you know, I don't mean to go off on like a little side note thing that no, might be obvious. No, that's actually but. really good. No, because I say that to my clients all the time or even to just random people that ask me kind of like what I do and people say like, okay, um, and I guess we'll get into this now. But, yeah, let's um, get into this now. That, what that do you whole do? religious yeah. thing. Yeah, well, okay. So what I do specifically is I just, I'm a deliverer of messages in whatever form. Um, Um, so like a lot of the, I do tarot appointments, so I do tarot readings, but I also do healings and I'll do like stuff based on childhood trauma. That's when I tune into your soul and not just you as a human, you know, just like based on whatever you believe, like your higher self, Mm. um, or source or God or whatever. I tune into that and I ask and I say, okay, what type of childhood trauma is affecting this person right now? And they show me. And so that's just basically my ability to connect with you or with your spiritual team or whatever it is that you believe in. I'm just connecting with you on a higher level. And then I go in and I can fix certain issues that I specifically know how to fix. But a lot of the times it's me relaying messages of things other people can fix, just like telling them like certain thought patterns or patterns of being that have created cycles of like hindrance in their life instead of like at some point when it was a help, then they can go in and go into their own lives, the structure of their own lives and just start breaking those patterns. But for a lot of people, it's just making them aware of the patterns is the first step. And then they can do what they want to do with that afterwards. It's a lot of, again, it's agency to improve things yourself. And it's not just like, leaving it up to a higher purpose because I think that's so crazy that people think that part of what I do is just like saying any type of anything is like a spiritual thing and it's like well I mean I don't have the the training of like a psychiatrist or a psychologist to be able to tell you that certain childhood like occurrences in your life have caused a certain thought pattern in those terms in those words Mm. but I can I'm being shown something and this is what it's drawing the conclusions uh, where I'm going to draw the conclusions and this is where it's coming out. So, yeah, you know, if it applies to the person, if they resonate with it, I feel like that's just, again, with the whole finding a different thing for everybody, if one thing works for somebody, it might not work for another person. For me, we'll get into the whole religion thing where like people ask me and they're like, do you think you're going to hell? Or like, what, who are you? you?" Like people literally think I have to talk to demons to get this information. And I'm like, Hey, I'm talking to you. So no, (laughs) you, maybe you're the demon, but that's real. (laughs) That's very real. Some people um, don't understand it. So I have to kind of break it down into terms that other people understand. So like, you know what, um, 
you've got like kind of like that Christian knowledge. Do you know, Mm -hmm. you know, the devotional Bibles, the ones where you would like open it and there would be like a little, I don't know, like a quote or something on the bottom, a phrase and people would open it and they would go like, Oh my gosh, this applies to my life right now. It's like, okay, that's how the universe is sending you that message or your higher self or whatever. So there's a word, uh, bibliomancy, which is, yes, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I fucking love. That's why I've been writing. I mean, I've, the plan is to finish it this month. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm finishing this month. But I've wrote this like poem. The, the thing I do, the poem corner thing I do online. Yeah. Um, I love poem corner. Thank you. I um I was writing that. I started that. I don't know. I consider that bibliomancy. That's how I would like the book to be presented. That like yes. it's like a zero. You just pick a thing and then you're like, does this have a message in it for you? And I mean, I love I sometimes I haven't done it in a while. But for a while I was in a practice. If I'd, pu- I'd pull one tarot card a day and that was just it. That was all you were allowed. And definitely mm-hmm. like weird shit comes out of it. Um, I've also found tarot cards in the street before, which is so strange. But like right. and I just think. I mean. Okay, there's two things I wanted to ask, talk about. I guess I feel to me it feels like it's in silos. It's like there's the astrology and the tarot and the bibliomancy thing. Well, bibliomancy might be in the other column, but I was gonna say where it's like there's something that exists that's not just you, the half S right. TJ. That's like a system, a structure in place. This uh, this external object that we respond to, and uh, you know, or like the the charts. You know, there's like some mathematic mm-hmm. sort of thing. To something, it. There's a yeah. And then there's the psychic thing, which is like you tuning in. So I'm curious about both of them. I feel like I I personally feel like the astro- the, the external factor things might be more accessible for the layperson because I don't think I mean I think I'm empathetic, but I don't I don't think I'm like psychic or anything. But I mm-hmm. still get a lot of use. Like I can go use the tools of like cards or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, um, so yeah. So let's so what do you yeah. How do you differentiate between those? And I guess I'm just very curious also like how do you know you're psychic or, or how does that manifest? And do you know what I mean? Like how dare right. you? How do you yeah. have the gumption yeah. to call yourself a you're psychic? You're the person to say you're that person. Yeah. yeah. So um, I actually have a very strong belief that everybody has intuition. Everybody has that like yeah. that weird thing where you're like oh, I, do I don't too. think that person is good. Yeah. The gift it's of that. fear kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It's like um, senses and, and radars that we have that we just don't know that we're tapping into. I always tell people, I'm like, my antennas are up. Like, I feel like I'm kind of yeah. getting something. So I feel like everybody has intuition. So intuition is the only thing that you really need to use um, for, like, general day-to-day life. But also, so bibliomancy, for example, that's part of a thing we call divination. Divination is mm. looking at random, random signs, signals, whatever, random things. In order to either gain insight, information, or some people use it to see the future. That's not really my shtick um, because I feel like if you're garbage right now, like your future is going to be garbage too. You know what I mean? Like, Damn, just be, that's be so right good. Now. That's a really good <laughs> – see, I really think there are like sort of – like even – I'm always like – I want people to believe in more woo-woo stuff basically because I think yeah, people – Yeah, I love I, the woo-woo shit. Yeah, I want them to open up the possibility that themselves to – I mean like there was a time not that long ago when like surgeons thought it was laughable that there were germs on their hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, to me when we talk about – and then and then on the flip side, everybody has experienced love in a way that makes no sense. That's like you just ex- have this yeah. feeling. So to me, you know, the love is real, but we can't measure it. We can't like do anything with it. And just like the germs, like, well, they couldn't feel that either. You know, they couldn't yeah. feel it. And then the we poor germs. It. 
Yeah, right? So I feel like there's a weird correlate to me of like, I don't know, dark matter. What the fuck is dark matter? Maybe dark matter is like love and ideas and stories and all those goddamn things. Or or time being illusory that we move it in one direction. Like maybe yeah. there is a way that like the ripples of things could be divined, could be somehow like puzzled out or that they would, you know, r- ripple in ways that you could read them. I don't think it's that absurd. And what you just said there is one of those like, hey, it doesn't even matter if you don't believe I can see the future. What I can tell you, which is like absolutely true, is that if you're, yeah, if you're making bad choices now, they will result in bad things. Exactly. Yeah, that's and that's literally what it is too. And so people are, um, I love, this is part of my favorite part of what I do is I kind of bridge the gap. And that's also why I wanted to be the half-ass witch because I could have gone for some like crazy, you know, spooky sound in like a feral whatever brand name. And I was like, no, I feel like I want to be approachable to the normal human being because these gifts are accessible because everybody has them. Now, I will say that in terms of uh, psychic abilities and stuff like that, it's kind of like everybody can pick up a paintbrush and paint, but not everybody is Picasso. And so some of us are just born with... I say like our our systems are bumped up. We've just got a little bit of extra juice for that specific sure. thing because that's part of our life purpose. Like not everyone is born to be a psychic and not everyone is born to be an actor and not everyone is born to be a Starbucks barista, but somebody is. So you have to kind of tap into just that knowledge of like, okay, not everyone has this, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Because like, if you can't paint like, Salvador Dali it does not mean that Salvador Dali was not talented it just means that you can't do it and so that and that also comes to with like the perspective of talent and the perspective of accuracy and whatever and so that's why I love my industry is that yeah we all do stuff but we kind of focus on different things there's people that focus on like womb related things motherhood other people focus on like sexual trauma and um, physical abuse and then some people like me I kind of just do a lot that has to do with mental health and um, like deep rooted trauma that you can just like fix your entire life by fixing because that's essentially what it is. It's like the patterns that we like the patterns we engage in are the patterns that we endorse and continue to create. So we have to go in and look at our patterns, but I mean, we're kind of like a lot of people are really like hamsters on the wheel and they just don't know that there's more. And so once you open that door, it's really cool. So yeah, so divination is an, it's an interesting thing. There's a bunch of different forms. Like there's even we call it shuffle mancy. So where you go into your phone and you just say like send me a message and you hit like shuffle on your Apple Music. Um, it has kind of really come into I the like modern that. age, which is cool. Yeah, it's amazing. There's even like I'll do um, it's called scrying. So it's divination using a liquid, and usually it's done with water. But I'll do it with wine, or I'll read beer foam, like shapes in beer foam, much like uh, tassiography. So that's the the Harry Potter, the reading the tea leaves thing. Yeah. So that's, that's a form of divination. Um, and then the psychic stuff that is, that only requires intuition, but you've really got to be connected and you've really got to trust your gut. A lot of this stuff is what we call, it's like root chakra based, which would be like the basis of how you kind of stick into your ideals and you feel like rooted in what you are and rooted in your like confidence and knowledge that the things you're receiving are not just you thinking or you being crazy it's like outside of yourself because I mean at some point you have to really kind of recognize that when you're dealing with a psychic or an intuitive or whatever sometimes they literally just know things that there's no reason for them to know no reason for them to say no reason to care about like I had a client one time and I came into contact with his um it was like a spirit communication one which I do so I am actually also a spiritual medium I connect but I connect with dead people 
Um, so I was talking to like one of his aunts or something and she told me to tell him to make sure he eats. And he's like, Oh my God, that's so funny. And I was like, well, just like thinking about it later, I was like, okay, that's me knowing that my gift is real because why do I care if this dude eats? Like what, for what reason Mm. am I going to make sure he knows that? And then also like I, I had zero reason to kind of bring that up to him because that would have been just so left field when we were talking about something completely other. So it's very, um, that is a little bit more of like trusting yourself. Like I said, I don't think everybody can do it and not everybody has like the stomach for it. It's not that everybody doesn't have the ability. Some people's personalities just aren't built for it. And that's, yeah. that's okay. Like I don't ever think that's like a bad thing. They're probably better at certain things than I am. Well, I also think so like, that. I think like the skeptic would be like, oh, well that's obvious. Like, yeah, eat. That's good advice. Yeah. Everyone should do that. But I also feel like, well, yeah, everybody should do that. So maybe Literally. there was some specific, re- but like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, why is it? I don't know. Like you said this thing a, a few minutes ago about like we, we fix it by fixing it. Like we or we work on it by working on it or something like that. We're like that. Like these are these patterns we repeat over and over right. again. And it's like it's not crazy. I don't know. I was listening to some self-help books earlier this year and I was like, this is obvious shit, but I can hear it now. You know, it's mm-hmm. like things I've heard a million times, but it's like impacting me now. And so yeah. And that's the thing, too, with my job is that um, it's nice that you work with strangers because then, you know, the impact is really made because your friends can say something to you about your life and your patterns. Right. Your family can say it to you. You can say it to yourself. But until a complete stranger that has no investment in your life well, and also has no reason to know that about you says that you're like, uh, maybe I should address this. Yeah. I personally think there's some like the obsession with rationality or proof or this kind of a thing or whatever is like. First of all, if you want proof, it's like, has it helped somebody before? Okay. Yeah, there you yeah, go. There's the proof. Yeah. I mean, like placebo effect is the most effective effect in medicine or something like that. It's like it's like something like literally like one of the most effective, uh, you know, things they can rely on. Whatever. That's science. I'm not going to say it right right now. But um, but that being said, I met I, I met this guy once. I met the, He was like a guru. You know, he was like does my my mom was involved. Um, they were doing some like silent retreat things with this guy. And he was like this, mm-hmm. you know, Vipassana kind of like guru guy, whatever. And everyone's like, he's this guru. And they brought him to the United States to like do some speaking tours, kind of, you know, sitting thing tours. And and like I met him and he does have some weird mojo for sure in the, in yeah. the room. But you're also like, well we're all being so reverent. We're all so quiet. He's sitting up there where he's really good at this eye contact thing. And there's also aspects of him that he's like just a guy, you know, obviously like, and I, and I was thinking, you know, he knows he's just a guy. Like he's very kind of open. About he doesn't like try to be a particular thing, but I also mm-hmm. think he knows kind of what you said about like some people are baristas, some people are this thing. It's like, I think he knows that people need it. Like some people need a priest, some people need uh, a witch, some people need a, a guru who they can yeah. go to and sit with that allows them to change. That like is like an uh, an object sort of outside of themselves that isn't part of their personal life. That a, a therapist, some people need a therapist that allows them to listen. There's I always think of this thing that they say like you know Jesus wasn't a prophet in his hometown, and. Like there, he's just like the carpenter guy, you know, the son mm-hmm. of the carpenter, the guy that makes like tables. Yeah. And that's like definitely got to be true that like the people in your family might not like revere you as something or whatever, but you have an opportunity if you can be to other people. I don't know. Like We're supposed to be different things to each other. We're supposed to serve each other in these ways. And the idea that somebody would acknowledge that there's a need for that and that they fit that and that they can be that vessel. 
is, I don't know, not, I don't think that's even a scientific. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not scientific. It's human. It's also just general. I like, I feel like it's common sense. Cause that's the thing too, is like people get on, I'll use, I always say this cause it's, even though they're not the, like, they're not in any way the same job, but kind of psychics, spiritual people are a little bit the same as like sex workers. We're not really like yeah. recognized as like real jobs and people kind of look at us funny for doing it. But at the end of the day, a, that's a need. It's a job. It's go- it's gonna exist. Like it's sex work is one of the oldest jobs in the world, and so is like witchcraft and and like divination and all that stuff. Um, that like those two professions, like people don't believe in us mm. yet. People come to our services, totally. and yet people also like there is still a demand for that product, which would be if you're the product, your service, whatever, that will always exist. There will always be people meant to do that job, or else the job wouldn't be there. It's like right why why would there i think on some level people like resent their needs and they resent yeah and i also think they resent the message that there's something i don't know to me like i think it's interesting that i I, i've always uh i have this other little thing i'm like i i i try to hear truth no matter who it comes from no matter where it comes from no matter what it comes from so even if somebody i hate says something that seems true i'm like I need to acknowledge that that's true, you know, yeah. sort of like in performative wokeness and stuff like that, too. I think like one thing that's important is like not to act like real things aren't real. Like if it's something that's funny and making people laugh, you don't you have to be like, well, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Let's talk about maybe why or maybe things we want to change. But like pretending like it's not that just makes other people go like, eh. so to me also, like if you get like a fortune cookie and it's like got some message in it and you're just like and it's actually something that maybe you need to read like, you know, about bad choices you're making yeah. and, and you decide, Oh, that's just a dumb fucking fortune cookie. I'm not going to listen to that shit. Like, isn't that just, it's just hurting you. And it really just is a reflection of your lack of interest in changing or fixing a situation that is in you, like your behaviors. A hundred percent. That's what that is too. And like, I always tell people, even with like car readings and stuff. So you can see, sorry, you can see things on like the Instagram timeline, right? Because now there's way more people doing it. You see like people posting cards or whatever. And you can just say like, oh, that's for everyone else. Or you can stop and read it and see if it's for you. But if you read it and it's for you and then you go on with your day and then later something like that happens and you're like, oh, that was just something stupid. It's a coincidence. You're essentially just saying like you're picking and choosing what to be responsible for and what to acknowledge. And that is everything there, is, is a there anything? Yeah. Is there anything in there that's like might be right meaning like that intuition thing you're talking about because you're right there are so many messages there's so many things that exist but like is it right that sometimes one is like that's important for me to hear and other ones you're like that's not for me like you said that like is that for me like how do you get in touch with that um well part of it is just like i'd like to say common sense but not everybody has that but part of it is just saying like if it doesn't apply to me it doesn't apply to me so we have like these youtube like um card readers and they'll say these are general messages because they loop they'll do like okay this is for everyone who's a Sagittarius that's watching and then you're like okay well this can't not everything can apply to me like logically so you know that there are messages for you that's a saying that we all say it's kind of like take take what resonates leave what doesn't if it's not yours don't force it into your life because it's just you're, it'll confuse you it'll just make you like go crazy because then you're thinking about things that have right. no reason to be in your mind but you're just sitting there because like some YouTube person said it when it may have been for some other person like a singularly other human being so it's partly that and then the other thing is yeah there is intuition that tells you like oh that's not for me but usually I just like to say if you stop and take notice of it and if it's put in front of your eyes 
than it is for you. And if it's, but if it's like peripheral or if you miss it or whatever, then that wasn't for you. And it's kind of just like, if it's meant for you, it'll be put in your lap essentially. I mean, it's very kind of like wait for the universe to drop things in your lap, but it, it's also about being aware. Like if you're not aware of it, the universe could drop something in your lap and you won't see it at all. So being aware and then being discerning is really like, and that's, I feel like that's just with everything in general in yeah. life, being aware and just being discerning of like, is this for me? No. All right. We're going to move on. Yeah, that's true. Um, what's three of coins mean? Oh, the, like, like the three of, okay. So coins usually represents like, it's the sign of pentacles in yeah. tarot um, and like traditional tarot, the writer weight system, which is the most, uh, I wouldn't say standard because some people hate it, but it's the most widely used one. Yeah. Um, that would be pentacles has to do with earthly things, material things, things in the 3D, but not just like money and jobs, but also like health um, mm. and also just like physical thing, like your body, like your physical body and stuff like that um, or things that you put effort into long standing projects. So. Timing wise, all of the suits have different like timing correspondences. So swords, if you think about swords and air, it's like a quicker moving energy. That's usually days. Um, Pentacles is either like months or years, depending on what kind of a reader you are. And then the way that your intuition goes with that. So you may have like a longstanding project. It may not always be years, but if you're specifically asking for timelines, like that's kind of how it goes. Um, But three of pentacles is about collaboration. It's about kind of using the resources that you have at hand. And it's about even if resources are other people and kind of like delegating um, work and stuff like that. But it also is about kind of the creation of something new, some larger project unit something um for some people it's like marriage counseling it can come in that way or it can come into like asking for advice from like a mentor um it could be just like pooling your resources of people and saying like i know you know how to do this we have a project you want to do it i know you know how to do this like we have a project you know how to do it that is fucking crazy it's it's really interesting well i'm asking that's the card i found on the street one day when i was i parked my car this is about a year or so ago and i parked my car because I was walking in with drives to an editor's house to like a video for a project we were working on. And I found the three of pentacles or coins on the street on the way into this like editor's house. So it's like literally to go collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, It's a card of collaboration. And if you get it upright, it's a good sign because it's positive collaboration. If you get it the other way, it means that you're not collaborating with people you should be, or you're not pooling your resources the way you should, or you're not asking for help. I really wish I could remember if it was upside down or not. I have no idea. That's good. That's, but that's unique. Anyway, sorry. That was a side note, but I was like, just as an example, do you mind telling me, would you give me an example in your life dealing with like whether it's the depression anxiety whether it's like some of the addictive tendencies codependency stuff how you've used this stuff for yourself so like spirituality in terms of like meditating and everything is really good for me just to kind of settle my emotions um i've noticed that like when i have any type of emotional upset like with my depression and my anxiety what'll happen is i just let it run instead of taking a minute and like really like it sounds people say that all the time just stop and breathe and it's like okay karen let me stop and breathe in the middle of my episode but it kind of is just like a take a step back for 5 seconds and just breathe because if you have high anxiety and if you have depression, you actually find yourself holding your breath because you're in a defense state because you're trying to defend yourself either against your own thoughts or external things that you're thinking about or you're annoyed with or whatever. Yeah. And so 
you literally have to breathe. You need to have more oxygen so that your brain can function on a normal, like cognitive level. Yep. So there's that. The breathing thing is like scientific. It's not just like <laughs> breathe. But so yeah, that's in fighting too. You know, a big part yeah, of like exactly. the way you hear boxers breathe, they go like <laughs> when they do that. Part of the reason they tell you that is to just get you like if you exhale, you got to inhale. So part of yeah. it is like to engender um, a rhythm in you that you don't because the same thing when you're in fight or flight, people forget to breathe. That's why people like gas out so fast. So it's true. Like that's so interesting. Just if somebody wanted like a tactile, very practical and immediate version of that too, like that the the practice of training yourself in anxious or tense or fearful situations to continue breathing is not yeah. is not insane. <laughs> it's not like no, woo-woo it's like at all. Very no, it's not woo-woo in any way. But because it is something that is not um, like physically a threat. Yeah. People don't associate those two things. So that helps. Um, tarot well, for me. Really quick, as a like, side note too, I don't mean to yeah. be constantly like explaining how woo-woo things aren't woo-woo. Like as if my thought about it is I, I kind of want to create like a gateway for people to get into woo-woo. <laughs> and yeah, so no, and it's I'm like, like a science basically. Yeah, I, I, that's what I think. I think it's like a different kind of pattern practice and recognition, whatever, I, if you want to think of it that way and then get over yourself so you can get over like the Western capitalist mindset, whatever of being like right. needing an explanation for everything. And then once you've gatewayed yourself with enough like explanations, that's like, that's like I, I use the word God, you know, and I don't, I don't feel like anymore I have to like be like, or, you know, the love at the center of everything and not explain to people. I don't mean a a bearded patriarch figure who like wants to fucking kill you for masturbating. I mean, like, (laughs) you know, God. And and it's just like you after you explain it, I'm going to use a martial arts analogy again, which is annoying. But like uh, Bruce Lee said this thing about like before you do martial arts or whatever, a punch is just a punch. You just like punch and you don't think about it. Once you start training, a punch becomes like how you turn your hips and where your arm snaps and all these tiny little details. It breaks down to this thing that's like very confusing and very difficult and like, you know, sort of um, very technical, very tedious. But then eventually a punch is a punch again. And I feel like it's the same thing with like gateway into woo is like, is like at first I think, yeah, explain to yourself, there's all these ways it makes sense and like whatever helps you helps you. If it doesn't help you fine. But if there's, if there's a tool out there that you could use to like help yourself, let it, yeah. let it help you. And then eventually well, you don't have to be you, explaining. It is for you. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. So, so um, astrology. Yeah. Crap. So sorry. I, I think, we, we I think we, about. we moved into astrology. You were saying, so that's how. You were saying something about astrology. I was talking about like, um, <sighs> sorry, I'm not going to take a breath. That why, how it's helped you. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. No. So not, not so much astrology. Astrology does help. So I, I'll say that I used astrology looking at my chart and when you break down a birth chart, it's actually very extensive. Yes. Um, it's a lot, but my chart actually helped me understand pieces of my personality. I like to tell people that like a birth chart is like a blueprint or just like a, a diagnostic that tells you kind of like it's how you're engineered and then you can go in and look for bugs and do a software update. Like that's essentially what it is. So like the signs that you have in whatever houses and the planets and all of that kind of stuff corresponds to the way that you react to certain situations, the way you view certain values and and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, knowing my chart helped me understand the way that I work and the way that I process things and knowing that helps me go, okay, I know that this is just me in this situation. Like this is the way that I am cognitively processing this situation. And then another person may have a completely different like processing um, procedure and we may come to two different conclusions. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that like we're two different phones processing and we're putting out information. So 
that helped me kind of gain a wider view. The tarot I use, um, I always tell myself I don't read tarot for myself in terms of like when I'm in high stress situations. So I won't be like in the middle of like having a nervous breakdown and then use tarot just because I just feel like it's just like, it's kind of like, don't do that when you drink either. Like don't mm. reach for anything when you're in that kind of a mode. Wow, I don't even yeah. read for clients like that. Like if I have clients that message me and they're like, I will pay you a hundred dollars or whatever. Can you do an appointment right now? I'm having all these problems, whatever. I kind of usually tell them no, because at that point you're looking for reassurance. You're not looking for the God's honest truth. And you're just trying to, find some comfort that's the mm. only reason why you're reaching for it in that situation you know what so, that makes me think of there's this phrase um honesty without compassion is aggression yes and that's like that it's like listen i you're you're gonna be honest here and you can't just like reach for this balm and expect it to be that because it's not always going to be that no yeah interesting yeah so that's how i kind of view things like that but in general um spirituality also just helped me find my purpose like my job and like for me work and the things that i do it's very much defining of who i am like it, that's where i my expansion the way that i grow and it's very public as well um just based on my birth chart actually i think i figured that out it helps me with marketing stuff too like it's not just like person to person things like it's actually very helpful and knowing like your personal strengths and like what to lean on the best what to kind of lay off of um but finding this job and creating this business really helped me just in terms of being able to help other people I always knew I wanted to help people but I did also know that I didn't have the work ethic or the stomach to be a doctor I probably wasn't going to be a lawyer I like there were just so many things like I don't have it in me to be like a police officer really I feel like that's just what other people were built for and so for a long time I was just like what the heck do I do with my life and now that I know you know it kind of puts you at ease a little bit but also it allows you to understand a lot of things that happened in your life that led you up to that point and that reason because at some point I was like okay shit's happening to me or I'm like doing these jobs that I hate or whatever for like zero reason. Why? Where is this all going to accumulate, accumulate to? And then we all come at the end and now all of these things have like kind of been little pieces of ways that I can run my business the best and then do what I do the best. And so that was just kind of a good way to just, again, gain a higher perspective on life of knowing that like whatever it is that you're in is not the only point in your life that you're going to feel feelings or that you're going to go through something. And so on the bigger picture, it's just like everything is a lesson and everything is placed there to create like every little piece that makes up the final product. And the final product can only really be seen when you like die basically. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Which is morbid, but it's real. No, it's good. Um, all right. Well, I'm trying to tighten these things up a little bit more. So I feel like we got a lot of good info already. I think I'm going to skip the quick cues that are, I kind of, I don't know, man. The quick cues thing is like, I'm going to get rid of, I think I'm going to turn to five. I don't know. I don't like the dark Mm -hmm. question anymore. It's sort of useless. It's redundant, but I do want to know the last gorgeous thing you saw. And I do want you to add something to the don't kill yourself list. Oh, perfect. Love that. Okay. So let's do, I think that's a good, I think we can do like kind of wrap up. This is like really interesting to me. I feel like we got a lot of good info already and like Mm -hmm. people have to do a follow up or do some other thing or something like that. Um, I think I'm going to start a thing. uh, I I mean, I don't think the plan is I'm just figuring out the tech right now. Um, Nick, I'm going to change up Good Bad Brain a little in the new year and I'm going to start doing uh, live stream, I think, on Sundays for an hour. Yeah, people will love that. I think that'll be cool. And I'm going to do it with Nick with um, who was who's an actual 
psychologist, traumatologist. Mm -hmm. So we can just talk about things and talk about things with people. But I think it might be fun maybe to do some with you at some point too. And we can kind of do like astrology ones maybe or something. Just as like kind of like a counter, like a different vibe, you know, but um, and they'll still put it out as a pod. But I think it'll be it would be nice to have it as like a thing that we have. a So I'm just figuring out the tech interactive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like things don't really exist like that yet, I don't think. And I think having um, I think my hesitance around it is just because I'm not an expert in any, you know, but, but like if I can bring on people who are and we can all have a thing, I think it'd be nice, you know. Like a round table. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Or like even just like or just like a co- just something just something co-hosty or whatever just to have like, you know, experts who are qualified or, you know, to, yeah. to talk People about what they're talking know. about. Yeah. yeah. And then and I can just be my own dumb self. But um, anyway, tell me the last gorgeous thing you saw. Um, this is awful okay so the last the last gorgeous thing i saw actually was this sounds very alcoholic but like it's not um it was a uh, on my birthday we opened a bottle of champagne in this like amazing restaurant in san diego and it was really interesting for me the only reason it was beautiful is like not just because i love champagne but um for me champagne has like emotional significance it's like things that you only bring out you know for a celebration and stuff like that and yeah. We weren't just celebrating my birthday. We were celebrating an official, which we kind of made it up, but not really, an official year and six months of my business. Um, And then we were also uh, officially celebrating just like the fact that I, because starting a business is hard. Usually you you go in the red at some point. I've never been in the red. Um, I have like, we had an accomplishment. I know it's little, but like the 5K follower count, which for some reason I was just like, because it makes you look legit. I mean, that's what it is. Like it makes you look credible. Like, so I just, we were celebrating that because that was my goal is by my birthday. I wanted to um, get to 5K because I felt like that would be like some stupid form of like assessing my success or whatever. But um us like opening the really like nice bottle of champagne I we kind of just had a weird full circle moment of yeah. just kind of sitting back and saying like okay this is actually where where because it's not just me I mean I do pretty much everything but I have like a friend that does photography like I have a lot of other friends that like really support me and help bump me up that have like significant followings as well and so I don't ever think that it's just like me like it's like my business is a baby and it takes a village to raise a child and totally. that's essentially what it what my business was and so that was just all for all of us, just a really good moment. So that was the last beautiful thing that I saw, even though yeah, it was totally it. about me and like kind of lame. But it was no, that's it was celebratory. Like it's community. Yeah. yeah, it's like sharing. I always think like, I think alcohol should all, it's like set and setting the same as anything else. And that's that's always been my thing with it is I don't like straight up demonize it because I don't think it is. I think it's like, you know, there's a reason they're called spirits and there's like malevolent spirits and there's good spirits. And they and yeah. depending on the day, it can be like good or bad in the setting and whatever. And that is like why that is the that is when it's beautiful it's like ritual it's sharing it's this you're you know it's a sacrament i really think anyway that's lovely i love that um also like just dining you know i just love it um oh, and food I just dude, that. get out of here yeah uh so <laughs> then um but and then yeah tell me add something to the don't kill yourself list um starbucks's holiday turkey panini <laughs> god bless them for that um <laughs> really that's so fun thanksgiving and a sandwich is perfect um and that little part of chocolate at the bottom of the drumstick cone you just can't oh, you can't beat fuck. that that's really good 
Damn, that's so Do you know good. that they, they sell those now, like, in bags? Like, they have, um, I think, I forgot what they're called. I think they're called, like, Nubby Buddies or something. Oh, or nutty my bu- God. I don't know, but it's literally just that little, like, that bottom little point with, like, chocolate in it. Like, that's all. And it's in, like, there's, you get, like, <sighs> 50 or something in, like, a bag. That's fucking hilarious. I didn't know that, and I love that. I don't know if I love knowing that, but I love it. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out my guts for the first time in my life. It's like not really, <laughs> but I mean, I've been trying to figure out my whole life, but I'm trying a new thing and maybe I've gotten to it. FODMAPs. I don't know. It's very confusing. Um, Hey, this was great. I just, I'm, I think I'm going to stop us cause I could do this for a long time and I'm trying Perfect. to like yeah. turn us and I'll probably edit it a little bit. Just some of this stuff out. Um, Man, I don't know. Thanks for finally getting on the phone. How can people, so if people want to like reach out to half-ass witch, how should they do it? Um, Instagram is good because Instagram is what I keep mostly up to date. And also that has like links to everything that I do. Like, yeah. you know, the little like that thing, um, Instagram, my website, which is not the half That's I'm so bad at like branding. Like, like, I don't even know why I did that, but it's, um, sorry for sharing.com. Cause it was just mm-hmm. like an old converted blog. Um, I like that. And then that's actually it. Like, I have like Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like if they want to find me on Facebook, I'm on Facebook too. But like I do keep do Twitter like for my mental health. If people want to like uh, tr- try the astrology thing or, or yeah, tarot, actually do do that? that's, that's most of my appointments are all pretty much over the phone. Right. I haven't seen like a physical customer in like months. <laughs> um, yeah. Even like people in my town, I just do it over the phone. Cause that's just like kind of the way that's most comfortable for yeah. me because I'm, I'm just, I have social anxiety. So I'm like, don't, I don't want to like that whole like meeting a new person thing. Like I hate that so much that I engineered my business so that I didn't have to do that. So yeah, yeah. everything is remote. I actually do everything on Zoom pretty much. So cool. Yeah. Well, cool. I hope that uh, somebody I, I don't know if good bad brain people maybe some if they want to get in touch with you that'd be dope. Tell if you do do that, tell them that you they came from good bad brain because I want to know if people do that. That would be awesome. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And that's what I. That's kind of like not my goal, but I was hoping that I would get clients that are already privy to their own mental health and stuff because that's basically what I base my business on like I really am not out here to tell you if you're gonna like get married in three years or whatever like I can do that but that's not what I do Um, I like choose not to I actually just like to help people be better humans yeah totally is it uh I was like I was like I know we're wrapping this up would it be weird like if you could you do like a card for me or something before we go. Oh yeah, no, I totally like don't feel bad about that at all. Yeah, is that okay? I don't know how long. It doesn't have to. I I just thought of it just now. I really wasn't planning to spring this on you, but I was like, it might be a fun thing to just. No, it's cool. Um, see. do you like? Do you have like a specific question in mind? Um. Oh man, I, what kind of questions are good to ask for this kind of stuff? So I always tell people that, um, like, if you're worried about something, if it's keeping you up at night, um, anything that would probably give you more insight or information on that would help. So if you're worried about anything or if there's anything coming up that you feel like you're iffy about, maybe there's something you're indecisive about, maybe something like that. I, you know, money stuff stresses me out a lot. Like I feel a little bit of confusion on, I think you said something earlier, like just, I do think it's true, like agreeing like just deciding on your job or your, you know, it's kind of like gives you a mission. I'm sort of envious of people around me who have a mission, you know, who like know Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And I feel like pulled in a lot of different directions 
creatively and in my heart and like one thing about 2020 so far i like wrote down all these things i want to do i really miss acting i feel like i shied away from it for like fear reasons and just like Mm -hmm. whatever but i also love good bad brain i think deserves more love i think uh i think i should just get some jobby job to get out of the house and like be interacting with people more because i'm spending too much time just being agoraphobic i'm i'm like i've started doing music stuff i love i'm just like so all over the place and none of it's like I'm in my 30s and none of it's like this career yet. You know, like last year I did a bunch of development writing and producing and directing stuff, but like it's all all over the place. It could be so many things. You know, I'm helping with podcast production. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's keeping me up at night is like, what should I do? <laughs> like, what should I, where should I focus? And what should I do that would like also be more like lucrative consistently? Because this like freelance right. life is very like stressful. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that because I've been a like a freelance graphic designer. It's it, freelance is just a stressful thing in general. Um, so when I cut the deck, I usually if like the cards when I cut the deck catch my attention, I kind of intuitively take that as a message. So just as I'm shuffling, you have the Emperor, which is a card of control. It's a card of like being on top of your shit. Um, so just knowing that like the universe is kind of just telling you like don't worry about it. Like you're very in control of things. Like you um are on top of your shit. Mm-hmm. And then we also have um and also the Emperor is a very capable type of like creator energy. So it is kind was of what it, we was it upright into. or was it on, on- no, there, but this is upright. Okay. And then the other card that you actually got, which is very funny, you got the Three of Pentacles. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, you got the Three of Pentacles upright. Um, and this deck is. Are you fucking with me? Uh, uh, no, I'm really not. You I'll could. Take a picture you of really it. could easily do that. I totally could. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm really, like, I'm really not. You got the Three of Pentacles, which is so funny. And the reason why I'm laughing is because I saw it when I picked up the deck and I looked at the bottom. I was like, oh, that's funny. But then I shuffled and then I cut the deck a couple times and it popped up again. And I'm like, okay, well, I get it. I get the message. And that happens a lot in tarot. We'll find a card and we'll just say like, oh, whatever. Put it back in the deck and then we'll get it again. I know that has happened to me when I've done it. Yeah. So it's like, it's really the universe kind of screaming at you that that's the message. But that is um, essentially part of this just before I've even pulled like an official card, just the ones that have kind of popped up are telling you that probably part of your purpose has to do with growth and growing and collaborating with people, which is a lot of like my Mm -hmm. part of my purpose as well. Um, Knowing that you have to like use other people and the tools that they give you or the lessons that they give you. So I'm going to go ahead and just pull one. That's really cool though. And then also the three of pentacles is a sign of like financial growth. Like if you collaborate with other people, like your finances will be a little bit more, um, they will expand as well because you're not just um, tapping into like your resources, you're tapping into theirs as well. Mm. Okay. So you do have, I'll pull three cards for you just so we can get a full message. Um, you have the devil card in reverse. That's not a bad thing. The devil, ca- Ooh, the devil card in reverse. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Um, so you have the devil in reverse. You have the seven of swords and then you also have the nine Wait, seven of, of swords. Seriously. Yes. Oh wow. Um, however, but so I always like to tell people that don't get so caught up on the, the meanings of the cards that you know because every different artist that makes a different deck, they put in different meanings and different associations to themselves. The artwork can speak of something different. So generally, it is still Seven of Swords energy, but for this one, um, with especially with the Nine of Cups. So the Nine of Cups is your dreams are there. Like the Nine of Cups is the fulfillment of wishes. Cups is emotional um, things that you're attached to. So usually those are like our wishes. They're not mm. just accomplishments. They're just like things that we want. Um, Nine of Cups is also being emotionally satisfied with whatever it is that you're doing. It's like being like, all right, this is it. 
So apparently the only things keeping you from that are the devil card um, reverse and the seven of swords. There's a couple of messages coming through for you for this. First one is um, the devil is like the fear of it's the fear of doing it. Devil reverse is very um, ego and it's like releasing that. So I like to tell people that the devil card is like our inner demons. It's like whatever negative thought patterns, toxic habits, whatever that we have that kind of keep us from being our best version of ourselves. Um, it's not like the actual devil, but when we get it in reverse, it's kind of the indicator that we choose our demons and we're, we, we can choose to be bound by them, but we're very loosely bound by them. So mm. we can leave them and, and kind of, um, the choice is ours, but it's just that toxicity of like wanting to stay in that mode. The seven of swords in this deck is a little bit about kind of like, sitting i'm hearing the word sitting on your laurels and also um like not taking it's not responsibility but it's kind of like not it's really interesting it's almost like part of your purpose is being blocked because you're just obviously because you're not fulfilling it but it's partially just that like you aren't just getting up and like doing it it's almost like fear that's holding you back again like the fear with um you know branching out and just being like, I got to do it. I just don't know, you know, how, whatever. But it's that like, even though you don't know how to do it, like you could start trying to know not how to do it. You know what I mean? Like you could start trying to figure that out at least. Um, Or it also is kind of a little bit of the the energy here that I'm getting is like negative thought pattern. It's very mental. Like my crown and my third eye chakra are kind of like buzzing right now or like they're they're giving me a little pressure, which indicates for you that it's not emotional stress really. Like you don't worry like are other people going to like it or like or whatever. It's a lot about like your capability to execute based on your standards um, and also based on what you would be like satisfied with. And like I know you've discussed this before that like when you edit footage of yourself you have to say like he because when you make it personal then you start nitpicking you start getting a little whatever so a lot of the times kind of like take that approach to just general projects of just saying like okay I realize I'm putting myself into this but this project and the way it goes does not correspond correspond or correlate to my worth as a creator as a person as a whatever um i will also say that not even on based on these cards part of your life purpose is not to have one set thing that you do um it's it's about living life in phases for you constantly learning constantly evolving i would look at your chart to see um i'm just wondering like where your jupiter is at um and also where you have scorpio um and probably what's in your 12th house yeah do you have it open Mm, i can probably get it hold on i think this is fun let me see if i have it still set up sorry okay the question was where is my 12th house right no, well, what's in your eighth house? Actually? What's in my eighth house? Chiron mm. in eighth house. Ooh, oh, okay, good lord. Is that what? Does that make sense? Chiron in eighth house. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It says Pluto in twelfth house, but, but I thought these planets are different than a sign, though. So the sign, and it says is... vertex in eighth house. Part part yeah. of okay. So I'll explain the signs. So the signs are your characteristics. So here's here's what it is. Okay. The house is an area of your life. The planet that is there is the part of your personality that it rules. The sign is the, like, the characteristics of that. So I would say, like, first house is usually, first house is identity. So if your sun sign is in your first house, your sun sign greatly is influenced by, like, so me, I'm, like, super Sagittarius. For, like, a different example. So, home and life is fourth house. So, fourth house, you have um, Mars 
that would be like you are very aggressive toward like because mars is like the planet of like um conflict and like anger and those types of things are you saying i Um, have that no, I'm saying like if you have that. Oh, so I'll use yours actually, for example. So your 12th house, 12th house is hidden knowledge. It's um, it's like transformation. It's trauma sometimes, but it's just like the real deep shit. And then you have Pluto there. Pluto is a literal planet of transformation. So you've got a lot of like energy there that has to do with like deep change. Like whenever things happen in your life, deep deep changes you kind of wait to bring out after a while um you kind of like sit on them for a while and that's why especially with that libra libra is all about balance and justice and truth and so you try and really balance that out but by balancing it you kind of can um repress it actually a little bit why what is it how come someone is like pluto is 12th house then shouldn't they have a sign also no so your pluto is in the 12th house oh yeah but you said it was libra right well, I don't, I'm confused because I can't seem to find, I can't seem to find a sign for it now. At least that on this, on this thing. I know I wish it would be so much easier if I could show. I'm so sorry. This is yeah, so it's okay. No, it's totally fine. And then once you actually, once you get that app that I said, send me a screenshot of it and okay. then I can explain it a oh, lot yeah. better. Okay, cool. Um, cause I like, ast- I like astrology stuff. It's like really fun. People know, don't really like come to me too. for that, but, um, I really enjoy it. Um, and then you said eighth so, yeah. house is a big deal. And then what's eighth house? What's eighth Chiron? House is, um, so Chiron, we call our wounded healer. So it's where we usually find most of our trauma and, um, like how we heal that and how we like become better people through trauma. So like, for example, my Chiron is, let me find it really quick. My Chiron is in Virgo. Um, it's about like, it's a lot about strategy and thinking. And my Chiron is in my 10th house. Um, I forgot what 10th house is, but like generally for me, like my wounds literally come from like home life and then balanced home life and like that kind of crap. And that's like the Virgo. So your Chiron, you said is in your eighth house, right? That's what it said. Yeah. Okay. So eighth house, that is sex and rebirth. So, and and not just like, well, that is sex, sex and gender actually. And that's why you have kind of like that, why you really, really think about that is because that's some of like the wounds that you have of like stepping into whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. are and then wanting to find like a way to quantify it or not quantify it or whatever. Um, But with the whole rebirth thing for you, it's like living life in phases of evolution. So like saying like this year, this is what I am. And then next year, like I feel like a completely different human being. That's actually Mm. what's the most beneficial for you to stay stable and like mentally checked in because you will never really get bored because you're constantly discovering new versions of yourself. I would also even say with that Libra that you have, Libra is a very aesthetic sign. It's Venusian. It's ruled by um, Venus. Mm -hmm. And so it is a sign of like art. Usually like people who are Libras are very good artists and they have a very good way to articulate through art, their feelings and their emotions and the versions of themselves. So that's why for you, any art form is really good in terms of expressing who you are and then the different things that you've learned about yourself or the different facets of yourself that you've discovered. Some people can just like stand up and talk about it. But for you, the art comes in with like talking about it with another person or like through the art of creating a podcast. But if I was to like put you in front of a stage and be like, tell us about all the ways you've changed, you could probably do it, but you won't feel any type of 
enjoyment in it or catharsis or anything because there there's nothing artful about it other right. than like putting words together but like for you it's like visual yeah um or that you can like literally show like this is what i've created so, right? sometimes even i in video. feel like that's my frustration with this podcast even like i love that's not visual i love that well no that i love that it helps people that when they say that but i'm like I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why do I keep wanting to act? Like, why do I feel like I need to do everything through like doing movies or th- or th- like why does it or theater? Like, and I just can't explain it. It's like because in my life, like Star Wars, I feel like saved my life. Like because that yeah. stuff means so much to me. Like it has to go through that like art lens. Like it has to go through some like, you know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. this yeah. is so much just talking and just saying what it is, which is so fine, but not very fulfilling. Recommend- no, it's not. And that's the thing for you to make this more fulfilling, you would have to engage that like that Venusian type of like evolution and not even like the evolution of like death and rebirth of like this is the version of you, but the death and rebirth of like starting a project, creating it and then seeing where it goes and like that kind of stuff. So I would even um, like suggest finding ways to make the podcast visual so that you can still engage in it because I don't think you want to like put it down anytime soon, but I just think you w- wish you enjoyed making it a little bit more. Um you yeah. can find a way well i just to... i wish i felt more on path i don't know but like sometimes i'm like i'm I'm always trying to listen to like what's the call you know what i mean and i'm like it mm-hmm. means something to some people and i don't want to like just stop doing so, something you know do you know people who do like low scale or whatever like animation like you can take some podcasts or like quotes from podcasts and then create animations out of that yeah, put that on youtube put that out do that or you can like create an art piece based on one of the interviews that you did it really is also bringing little more bits of you into it and then artfully weaving those together in a visual um type of medium for you specifically and that's kind of like also what i do in my appointments is like i do a lot of things that have to do with people's specific gifts and their purposes and how they can do that not based on like what other people do but just kind of how to engage you as a person and your interests yeah. and like the way that you work the best as well. That's good. Do you think like, I mean, does it, is it also about like just letting this be what it is and then I don't know, just, but not ignoring all the other stuff that I feel like I'm. Oh yeah. Doing? No. So it's a hundred percent. Don't ignore things that you feel like you're not doing. Like if you feel like you should do something and you feel like you've um, done enough preparation for it, like you've done enough fleshing out mentally and then you can move to the next steps of creating it into a physical reality thing. Go for those things. You can even just kind of, you know, let the pod be the pod and let it be what it is. But um, don't keep yourself from things. Like I feel like you should always probably, the way that your energy is to me, you seem like a person who should always have at least two or three projects going on. Um, Got that. And one one of them should probably be something visual. And one of them, like when I say two or three projects, like one can be an obligation, one can be what pays you. And then another one can just be for your own enjoyment, like to help a person or to create something that you probably don't want to get anything back from, like no money or whatever, but just to be like, I made something like here, this is like for me to enjoy. Um, And that would just be a way to kind of balance your energy. It's kind of like you have to disperse it enough. It's, you know, you wouldn't put a nine volt battery in a remote control. You'd put it in something that deserves it, right? You don't put a fucking motor for a car on a bike, like on a, yeah. I don't know, like a re- like a little like road bike. Like you don't do that. So it's kind of like you have to understand the amount of battery that you have and then disperse that energy, um, you know, like rightfully, essentially. Yeah. 
That's good. All right. Thank you. That's cool. This is helpful. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. This is fun. No, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for like having me on because you've had some amazing people and just to like be included in that like batch is like oh, really yeah. cool no. for me. I love it. I think like... I mean, obviously, I brought you on as like more of an expert in that kind of vein. I, I've liked opening it up to like also just quote unquote regular people like the listeners and stuff like that. So you fall into like the expert category for sure. But um, I don't know. This pod's really interesting. I think like the more it's just r- people talking about what they really go through. It's like dope, you know? Yeah, it's very eye opening because um, like that's what I've learned from a lot of the people that I've turned on to, to the podcast too. they're just like, I just like that there are so many ways to view things like there's so like you realize that, you know, yeah, there's people outside of you and like people outside of the people you interact with on a daily basis. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I definitely have like a shotgun approach too, where I'm just like throw all the spaghetti at the wall and like. I hope yeah, somebody, let's go. yeah, somebody hears something and they're like, maybe that's the one that works for them, you know? With stick sticks, I think that that's just kind of like the general rule of the universe. It's like, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then do something else. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a good one. We'll leave it on that. I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Half As Wish. Thanks, TJ. That was great. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> um, I will send me your chart and, and we'll talk oh, yeah, about yeah. it. Okay. Tell me that app again. Uh, Astro Future. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. All right, thanks. I uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Cool beans. Right. I will talk to you later. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. The theme music was uh, put together with Coda, and um, if you like the pod, check out mygoodbadbrain.com to get shirts and stuff. Check out Patreon.com/slash/mygoodbadbrain. Or just maybe leave the show a review. It's really nice. It really, really helps the show out. All right. Take care. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well. Bye.